Proton versus Tuda uh, definitely, you know, has been a common debate amongst the community. But now we're kind of seeing some blog posts being thrown around and someone asked for our thoughts on these. So we're going to get back to that patron's question. Uh, we also have someone asking about savings Portmaster versus another verse. Uh, these aren't on purpose. But yeah, someone else asked uh, Portmaster versus uh, Henry PP Simplewall. Not Henry PP, but this, the, 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 the developer Henry PP um, in Microsoft Windows. Uh, someone asked about uh, drug usage. Uh, interesting question. And then uh, <laughs> thoughts, opinions, or experience of paid search engines like Kagi or KG. I, I still don't know how to say it. Um, Me either. Yeah, but pretty much like are paid services worth it to avoid the whole surveillance capitalism and dealing with free services type of stuff. So those are our main questions this week uh, for the Q&A. Again, these are from patrons. If you want to join and check us out on patreon.com slash surveillance pod, let's go into the first question now with uh, Tuda versus Proton. On December 20th, Tuda posted a blog post called The Illusion of Swiss Privacy. And basically they were arguing that Switzerland is not all it's cracked up to be in terms of protecting your data. And they list several, like, for example, the argument is that Switzerland's not in the EU and therefore it's not um, susceptible to EU laws regarding data or is that, let's examine these to determine. Yeah. Um, but then they argue, you know, here's examples of when Swiss, Switzerland did comply and just, they, they kind of just break down a bunch of these myths. And then towards the end, very specifically, they do actually start name checking Proton. And they're like, here's why we're better than Proton, because Proton is – there's several companies that are based out of Switzerland and use that in their marketing, but Proton is probably the most uh, obvious one or, or the biggest one. The next day, Proton fired back with two blog posts. The first one says Swiss privacy and honest competition, where they basically countered Tuda Nota, or Tuda's argument – and they specifically cited it. They linked it. A recent blog on the or recent article on the Tuda blog claimed that Switzerland is no better for privacy than Germany because Swiss law enforcement, blah, blah, blah. And then they also posted specifically Proton Mail versus Tuda encryption because uh, Tuda also made a number of claims about the specific encryption strategies that Proton and, and Tuda use. So that's kind of where we're at is they are openly attacking each other and I'm truly not taking sides. But for the record, Tuda did fire first, in my opinion. Super quick note from future Henry here because we are posting this a little bit late because of the holidays. Tuda actually did uh, update this a little bit on Reddit and it seems like they have at least removed the mention of Proton and they did issue an apology regarding this. So that is the update to the story. But uh, please keep that in mind when we continue discussing this, that this didn't happen when we were talking about this question. So the question says, basically, do you have any thoughts on Tuda's recent blog post here uh, or Proton's responses here and here? They both seem to be attacking each other to an extent, and Tuda's blog post does look like it has multiple fallacies in it on first read-through. Also with the president, I want to address this one specifically. With the precedent of Tuda being forced to install a backdoor for a specific account in the past by German courts, while Proton has no such known precedent beyond providing an IP. I, do you know what they're talking about with the backdoor? I think it was the way it was branded because I remember when the story came out, people were talking about how it was a backdoor, but I don't actually think the case was any different than what Proton had to do, which was they essentially had to locate the account and Log essentially watch that account and uh -huh. be able to then ha hand over the IP address. I don't think it's necessarily a backdoor, but I, I could be wrong. That was just my impression of what happened years ago. So Okay, same here. So if, if we're misremembering, please someone let us know. But yeah, from what we remember, there was an incident where the German court was investigating somebody who was using Tuda at the time, Tuda Nota, and told Tuda, you have to start logging data for this account. So that would include 
Like if somebody sends them an unencrypted email from a provider other than Tuda, they would have access to that email and they would have access to, you know, when they log in, the IP addresses, things like that. Tuda fought back on this for the record, but they lost the court case and they had to do it. It was not a backdoor. They did not compromise the mailbox. They did not decrypt everything. They just had to start keeping logs. Same thing happened with Proton, which you did mention here. Proton, there was a, uh, a French activist slash criminal, depending on who you ask, that the French were trying to get data. They went to Switzerland – or no, they went to Interpol who went to Switzerland. Switzerland issued an emergency order for Proton, which Proton legally could not fight back on, and they had to comply and do the exact same thing. So I, they're both the same in my opinion unless there's a specific thing we're missing here. Just real quick tangent. This is exactly why I see people do this all the time where they sling around these words like spyware. Like, oh, Windows is spyware because it records so much telemetry. And maybe that was a bad example because Windows does record a lot. But you know what I mean? Like people will be like, oh, it records literally anything. It's spyware. And then when something like Pegasus comes out, it, it almost makes it – it cheapens it because you've thrown around right. the word spyware so much that – it's meaningless now. Like, well, everything is spyware. What do we care? And it's like, no, but this is actual spyware. So this, please, by the, please stop. By the that. time this is live, there will be a video on TechLore about backdoors and how to spot a backdoor, what they are. And I specifically say that because I literally say, <laughs> even in our resources, the most reputable services that you can ever imagine, Briar, Tor Project, Firefox, Signal, like mm-hmm. all of the reputable services that all the top experts in this field agree are on are like the best ones. I've seen all of them be called a spyware at one point or a backdoor at one point or another or a honeypot at one point or another. And so I literally say like when you call services honeypots because, oh, there's a tracker on its website or something stupid like that, you're totally like just taking away the power of the word from when there's actual real backdoors and real severe issues. And then everyone thinks everything's terrible and it's a whole fear fear mongering community, which no one wants to be a part of. So I highly I'm with you. I disagree with that. I think people need to stop doing that and just be like, no, they logged one account because of a legal case. And that's one limitation with the privacy email provider. Yeah. Instead of a, oh, this is a backdoor. (laughs) And for the record, we're not saying it's not a big deal that they didn't log. Like, that's important. That's worth knowing. But there's a huge difference between they obeyed a lawful order, which they fought back on in Tuda's case and lost the court case versus they're a full-on honeypot. Right. There's a huge difference. And, and shame on people who don't keep that context in mind, too. Like, I don't mind saying that. Shame on them because like, <laughs> we're, there's always an opportunity for us to do the same thing of like, oh, Proton is now compromised because of this. And that's going to get so many clicks. We're going to get a ton of mm-hmm. attention. And that's what happens. That's what gets a lot of the clicks and attention. So, like, shame and on people who take advantage of that. And they never go back and issue a correction. Yeah. And they don't normally issue a correction. Um, which, again, we're not perfect either. We make mistakes. But a lot of times our mistakes aren't rooted in a, well, we're trying to get publicity out of this types of mistakes, which are very different. So um, just keep that on your radar. Um, and for anyone who watches this, like, please just try to keep perspective on issues because then everything just seems ultra severe when it's not the case or reality whatsoever. Um, and and, and that's the record, my, in fairness of both of these providers, in fairness of both Proton and Tuda, I don't think either of them are honeypots. I don't think either of them are backdoored. They're both open source. They're both extremely transparent. They are some of the best email providers you can go with from a privacy and security perspective. So like props to both of them. Well, Um, let's get into our personal thoughts about this then. So yeah, I was going to say my personal thoughts, honestly, I I just think it's, it's ugly. Like for a lot, it's, well, it's embarrassing and it's childish. Like, I don't think Tutanota should have written that first blog or at very least they shouldn't have name checked Proton. I think they did make at least some valid points, but I don't think they should have taken it to the point where they were actively calling out Proton. 
And I understand that Proton kind of had to defend themselves because of that. But at the same time, I don't like this look of them openly attacking each other. And I feel like it undermines each other. It undermines the community. It, you know, competition is a good thing. And it's just, yeah, it's just really embarrassing and cringy. It should have never come to this. I'm not a fan. I hope it blows over soon. I think it's hard to tell what's going on. I think, I do think that Tuda is likely frustrated at Proton's marketing as everyone else is. And Tuda's like, we're kind of <laughs> sick of this marketing. Because a lot of, whether or not it's direct, a lot of the marketing Proton does actively tries to make other email providers look worse than they really are. Even if they don't I mean, that's actually fair. name check them. And I would be frustrated if I was Tuda. And Tuda, like, I think is like, hey, Proton is highly over-marketing themselves and people should know about this. And but I even then, they didn't have to name check Proton. They didn't have to. So I agree. They didn't have to. Um, I hope that it's really just a, like, oh, yeah, hey, just FYI for everybody. Like, this is happening. And they go, yeah, yeah, well, here's why we think this isn't happening. And then that's it. It could be possible. And if that's the case, then that's fine. I don't mind people name checking each other and, like, push challenging each other a little bit publicly. As long as it ends there, I think that's fine. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens as this continues to unfold. This doesn't have to be anything major. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. Um but it's Fair. interesting to follow, and I like both services, and I do just continually have an issue with Proton's marketing, though. I, yeah. I do. I, I think their marketing is disgusting. I think that whoever's on the Proton marketing team, like, you can be doing a much better job, frankly, just from an ethical perspective. You don't have to be challenging so many services, and this is the first time I've seen Tuda do this, so it's the first time they've done it versus Proton just has a history of, like, the last year just doing everything they can to make every other service in the world look 10 times worse than it actually is just to sell themselves. And I think that looks desperate and it's not a good look for the privacy world, but that's my opinion. So I think I'm a little bit biased against Proton in this marketing side of things, but from a services perspective, I like both of them. Next question is from David Johnson. What are your thoughts on Safing's Portmaster versus Henry PP's Simple Wall for use as a firewall in Microsoft Windows? Which of them, if either, or maybe something else, do you use? Um, well, as a part-time Windows user, I have used Simple Wall. Um, it wasn't bad. I did like it, although it does do... Uh, I've heard with Lulu and Mac, when you first start using it, it's annoying as crap because it pops up constantly with like... Because it, it, when you first run it, it asks you, and even after, it asks you every single connection, do you want to block it or allow it? And so when you first run it, it goes off like crazy because it's, you know, pinging every connection for the first time. It's not bad. I definitely liked it. Although I will say, and this is, I mean, this is true of any service. This is true of Portmaster as well. I don't like the fact that I can't always tell what a service is. So when it's something like, you know, I launch Steam and it's like, Steam updater, do you want to let it through or not? Like, okay, I know what that is. But then there's things that are like, win32.info do you want to allow that through and i'm like i don't know what does it do what did like what is this program so um i have kind of moved over to portmaster just because i like i like that portmaster is a lot more passive and it does have different lists so you can like make it more aggressive or less aggressive um but i i like the fact that it's passive and i'm also thinking i from the perspective of like my loved ones, I like to I like to find services that they don't have to think about. So things like Portmaster, they can install, and it's going to stop a reasonable amount of telemetry on Windows. And it's you know, it's not gonna bother them. It's not gonna cause a lot of breakage. And I, I really value those kind of services that admittedly could be doing better because they could block a lot more, but if they block more, they run the risk of breakage. So they kind of try to find that middle ground. I also like the fact that Portmaster comes with the SPN, which I have written a review of. Um, I do like SPN. I was very impressed with it. 
it's uh I don't know. I mean, I think they're both good options. I and I mean, they're both free except for SPN. SPN does cost money, but I, I I guess it's up to you. Like, if you want the more granular control, Simple Wall I think is the way to go. If you want something a little more passive and probably has a better interface, then Portmaster is the way to go. And it also comes with SPN if you can afford that and you're interested in that. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're both good. I personally use Portmaster, but they're both good. Yeah, I've used Simple Wall very briefly. Um, unlike Nate, I think I'm a lot pickier with the visuals of the things I use. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like something to look good, but I've been using Thunderbird for years before they're redesigned. So I can suck it up. I could never, I would, (laughs) I would, I would just drop email before I used Thunderbird ever. Unironically, (laughs) at least back then. I don't know if it's gotten better, but um, it's a little better now. Yeah. Hopefully it's a little better. Uh, but yeah, I'm obviously going to pick Portmaster. Um, I have reviewed Portmaster and I used it. I liked it. And I also like how it's, it's a cross compatible option, which I think is something worth mentioning too. Yeah. I like, I like the Portmaster. I also, uh, another thing is I've met their team members and so I know them Mm -hmm. and any team that like, I know their team members on, I'm personally more biased towards it in my personal life. I try not to let it affect the things I recommend, of course, but like in my personal life, I'm more likely to use them because I get all the inside scoops of like how they do things. And when I get that kind of perspective on it, then I'm like, oh yeah, this is a good team. I know what they're doing. I trust the people who put this together, which you can all do as well without having to meet people. You can watch interviews of developers who build the things that you employ that, that, that you, I was going to say you've, um, you've published interviews with them on your channel and also, uh, so as firewalls don't stop dragons. Like you guys both did it within like a week of each other or two weeks, maybe. So, so, like, watch interviews of these people and see how they speak and if you like them as people. And that is a big part of trust, too. Um, like, there is a layer of trust that you have in every service. And so I encourage everybody to find the services that they personally trust. Uh, next question is from Bill, who asks, do either of you smoke pot or use other cannabis-related products or other mind-altering substances? Although I'm guessing if either of you do, you probably <laughs> wouldn't admit it. Um Well, for the record, over here in California, it is legal, so I could admit it. Um, So that's not something that everyone has the luxury for in the country. Um, Texas finally legalized it for medicine. Yeah, maybe you guys will catch up in 20 years. Um, (laughs) We can only hope. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Pretty much all I can say is that I'm a competitive athlete, and so as part of that, like, we get drug tested. And so that's just something I have to be careful about, so I can't really, like, mess around with that very much. Um, I have slowly been drinking a tiny bit more. I'm starting... I don't understand drinking now. Whoa. Like, Henry's had beer? Crazy. Nasty. Oh, what are you drinking? So I've tried different things. I've mostly tried just fruity, like, vodka-oriented drinks. Those are better. I'm Um, not going to make fun of you. I love love fruity drinks, man. Sake is delicious. That doesn't Um, surprise me. And so those are kind of the things I I enjoy. But yeah, when I... If I go out with a few friends, I'm like, you guys have to order for me because I don't know what to order. Um, and that's about it. So I think it's it. I, I don't like it, though. It doesn't make me feel good. And I actually, it's fun, but then it's, it doesn't make you feel good. So I just don't like doing it very much. So that's all I really have. That's my relationship with that. Um, I don't smoke. I am 420 friendly. Like, I don't care if other people smoke uh, as long as they're, um, you know, responsible about it. Like, I actually, my, I'm not going to say which fam. well... I'm not going to say who, but I, I had a roommate. I'll just say that. Uh, I actually had a roommate one time that was a huge, like very open about it, huge pothead, um, very passionate about cannabis. And I remember one time he, uh, 
he checked his bank account and there was like 75 bucks and like more than enough that he could have gotten, you know, 20 bucks worth of pot and payday was in a couple days. But he was like, I'll wait. It, because like he knew he had bills coming up and he could have made his bills, but he still wanted that like margin. And I'm like, I respect that. You know, somebody who like they like to come home, they like to relax, but also they still get their bills paid. They still show up to work on time and sober. And um, so that's just kind of my thing. Like, I don't really care what people do. Um, I don't use any other mind altering substances. I was on antidepressants for a few years, if that counts. <laughs> um, but I'm not anymore. I've. I've experimented with some stuff, but yeah, I do drink. That's like the only one. I'm pretty open about that. I've had beer on several episodes, most episodes probably. Um, I do like to drink. I don't like to be drunk. I do like to be kind of tipsy where it's like just starting to kick in and I'm like relaxed, but I definitely do not like to be drunk and I do have to, I'm getting old. I do have to hydrate a lot or else I wake up with hangovers and headaches and yeah, like you said, just not feeling good. But yeah, only thing I'll add here is I don't think I'd ever smoke ever. I don't want it. Like I'm a runner. I'm not going to smoke. So right. <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. So that's not something I'd ever try. I don't think. So. Like I said, I, I, I'm all for it. I just, my thing is be yeah. responsible, oh, you know, don't yeah. smoke yourself out of house and home, go to work sober. Don't smoke and drive. <laughs> like be responsible. Same right. with any other thing. Right. That's that's the only thing I'll say is like a lot of people, not necessarily my friends, but some of the people I go on dates on before I get to know them, like it, it, they're like chronic. That is one issue in California is since it's legal and everyone can do it, and it's normalized. A lot of people have like Everyone's just actual high weed <laughs> problems, like chronic. I, and it's not it's not even like funny. They are literally high all day. Ugh. And I mean, there isn't like an hour um one person that i met described it as oh it's just like a new state of consciousness for them they don't even feel high it's just something they now need to feel normal that's not good that's an addiction at that point for me um and so like i have met people like that and i'm still friendly (laughs) towards them like we still get along it's still fine i can't tell it's not a big deal but it is something that like i really would never want for myself i don't think so okay and our last question comes from bender do you have thoughts opinions or experiences with paid search engines such as kagi kaji however that's pronounced <laughs> I think we talked about that at the beginning. I've gotten to the point I'm willing to pay for online services I use in order to short-circuit the downsides of ad and surveillance business model of the web, but I also don't want to waste money. In the past few months, I've also gotten extremely frustrated that most of my search results have become low-quality AI farm content. Might paid search be part of the solution, or are paid search engines a bad idea, slash doomed to fail, slash selling my data just like the free search engines? Something, something, balance of personal ethics, privacy, and affordability. Love it. Um, so I have used Kagi. I was able to get a hold of like uh, back when it was still in beta. I, I was able to get a hold of like an invite code. Um, it seems fine. I don't have any issues with it. I just got tired of signing in constantly. Uh, so there, I do have a couple thoughts uh, on just this overall topic. First of all, you mentioned I'm tired of the most of my search results have become low quality AI farm content. I don't know that a paid search engine is necessarily going to fix that. And this kind of actually even goes back into the reason that most people are mad at DuckDuckGo is like – what do you want a search engine to do? And here's the thing is like all search engines – I think most of us would argue that all search engines should deliver relevant content. Like regardless of your political leanings or what you consider to be censorship, you probably don't want the low-quality AI farm crap in your feed. I think most of us would agree with that. 
the question there for the, the people who are mad at DuckDuckGo is how do you define that? Who defines what's low-quality AI stuff? Because I've had some people like send me links that like laughingly – they're like, this is so obviously AI written. And I'm like, I, I, I'll take your word for it. I can't really tell, but um, I don't know. So yeah, like what do you want your search engine to do and, and how – anyways, I, I just – I don't know if paid is going to solve that. You also mentioned, you know, are they just selling your data like other ones? That's that's something that some people have pointed out that I agree with is there's that whole thing of like if something is free, you're the product. But that's not always the case because like, you know, a, a lot of services will offer a freemium feature where they're still collecting your data and they're just not showing you the ads. You know, that's, that's, that's something I've noticed is there's a lot of services where you go into the settings and you say um, like stop showing me targeted ads. That's a very distinct wording from stop selling my data for targeted advertising or something like that. Do you, do you have anything to add to that? Mm, no. I think they're a step in the right direction. I like paid services. Paid services that are paid for a good reason and they outline right. the reason why they're paid is because they don't rely on other more invasive business models, which is what they do, by the way, sure. for the record. That's exactly what they advertise. They say, like, we don't want to sell ads to you we want to be privacy respecting and the reason we can do that is because we have a paid business model so i like that right and i know like threema does that uh start mail does that um obviously proton and tutanota you know they're uh they have the freemium, freemium. model going on yeah. but yeah there are services that and i think for the record actually i think kagi does too i think they now have like your first hundred searches or something are free yep. something like that yeah so, i know because i reached out for like a free to see if I can get a review account because I want to do a review yeah. for them. And they came back and they said no, which is rare. But they said no because we give like 100 free searches anyway. So just use that account. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I would get special treatment. I'm so used to getting special treatment that I'm like, what? Someone said no. And it's like, okay, I should review You're this. so though. arrogant. <laughs> yeah, so arrogant. No, uh, but no, it's fine. Like they have the free account. That's all I need to test it out for a review, I think. Sure. Um, and worst case scenario, like I have paid for things in the past too. I'm not that privileged um uh, just in case i didn't actually say it i just want to throw in there yeah because kagi has the like free uh free trial i would just go ahead and try it and see if it does have better results and you know maybe it is worth paying for for you so yeah right <sighs> so um, go ahead yeah and that's it for the week so uh thank you all for tuning in this recording is almost 40 minutes so i don't know how long the <laughs> video will be we'll probably cut out some of it but um yeah thank you all for tuning in again this is from our patrons if you want to ask us a question next week uh surveillance support uh patreon.com slash surveillance pod actually so <laughs> quite different to what i was trying to say there uh, but that's how you can contribute to the podcast if you want to join the q a and yeah we'll see you all next week and maybe we'll have a surveillance support this weekend it's the holidays so we don't know what's happening yet but we'll, we'll do our best so uh see you all soon